And welcome to the Jazz Violin Podcast, episode 15, and today I'm going to be chatting to Omar Ashano. Uh, before I carry on with the rest of the podcast, I want to tell you a little bit about my new Patreon account. So, if you don't know what a Patreon account is, it's basically a way that you guys as the listeners can help me keep this podcast running. Yeah, it's a way of donating money to the podcast. Um, and it's with regular donations. So you can donate as much or as little as you like. Anything would help, really anything. You could just send me whatever you want. <laughs> I may also hear you asking, uh, hey, Matt, don't you have sponsors? And yeah, I do have sponsors. So I've had Shirtler have sponsored and uh, Ithaca Strings are sponsoring at the moment. I've had Headway Audio sponsoring. But these sponsorships, no, there's no money involved. They just send me um, equipment and I chat about that equipment on the podcast and tell you guys how great it is. I really do appreciate the help that those sponsors have given me and still do give me. Um, basically, I do this podcast for free. and I, I always have and I do it for the love of jazz violin and, you know, it also helps me, you know, I get a lot out of making these podcasts. But um, if you feel like you would like to help me out with some money, that would be amazing. If you do help, that all goes towards things like hosting costs. It goes towards all the money that I've invested in the equipment that I use to record and um edit the podcast and it just goes towards my time because I spend a lot of time on the podcast. I uh, I do it, yeah, as I said, I love doing this thing and it does help me out a lot as well. But yeah, sorry, going around in circles. So what you get if you become a patron of the podcast is if you spend $5 or more a month, then you get access to an extra episode of the podcast. And in that episode, I uh, it's a bit more reflective. I will be sort of uh, going through some of the old episodes and uh, listening back and chatting about some of the points that have been made that, uh, that have really spoken to me and that have helped me or are still helping me. Uh, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's really great for people who are maybe just starting out with learning jazz violin and want some extra pointers. Uh, yeah, there are some other extras on there, but I will leave you to check them out yourself. You if you want to find it, you can find the you'll find links in the descriptions, you know, underneath where, you know, wherever you get your podcast, you'll there'll be a little description area and you'll be able to see links to the Patreon account there. Or if you want me to read it out, I'll do it now. You can find it at www.patreon.com forward slash jazz violin podcast. Yeah, I mean if you know go on social media, I I'm on Instagram and Facebook with the, the Jazz Violin Podcast, just search Jazz Violin Podcast and uh, you'll be able to find links on there also. Um, it would also, you know, 
as well as that, it'd be great if you guys uh, would follow, uh, like, or you know, all that stuff. I always say that, but you should. It'd be great. Yeah, like us on Instagram. Uh, we've just got a new, a new account set up. Uh, yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Also, importantly, thank you very, very much to the two people who have become patrons already. To, so thanks to Azura Mariottini and Charlie McCarthy for uh, basically jumping straight on it. As soon as I put this out there, I, you know, I think I set this up a couple of weeks ago. And as soon as I did, uh, you guys um, went straight up and became patrons. So I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I've never met either of you. So it feels great to know that you are supporting the podcast and you're enjoying the podcast enough to help me out. So, yeah, that's my Patreon chat done. The next part of the podcast is the sponsor. Eric Aceto is um, Ithaca Strings, and Ithaca Strings is Eric Aceto. He created an amazing dual mic and pickup system for the violin which I use now on all my gigs, as well as, actually, Omar, Omar, sorry, who we chatted to today, he uses it. Um, he's been using it for a while. I remember, actually, it was the first time I heard of this was when he posted up on the internet about it. Um, yeah, it's an amazing dual system. So it's the ISI pickup, which is, um, which is also created by Eric. And which is also white, which is wired to the same jack, uh, the same stereo jack out as a electric microphone. Which, yeah, if you blend those two together using a decent preamp, you can really you can sort of you just choose your sound. That's that's what's amazing is you get to choose your own sound every time you play a gig. You 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 assess your surroundings and you you assess the uh, the gig and and how loud you need to be and uh, you know and then you go okay well today this is a really quiet gig but i want to have a little bit extra above this drummer there's people listening but there's a drummer so what i'll do is i'll have a bit like a bit of pickup and a bit of microphone a little bit maybe a little bit more pickup than microphone and then uh, say you're in a listening gig and there's no drummer and it's completely acoustic, you can turn your pickup really low and have just a mic and have just the sort of acoustic sound of your violin. And vice versa, if you're in a, in a really loud room and there's drums and there's a big band, you can just, you know, have, have the mic on just a little bit to give you that extra top end. And yeah, it's amazing. I've used it for so many different um, gigs and it's, yeah... Also, the, like my favorite thing about it is the actual ISI pickup. The ISI pickup is such, it's got such a nice natural sound and it does give you the sound of your violin. It amplifies the sound of your violin rather than it being sort of a sound unto itself, you know, something that's just sort of, it, it doesn't feel, it feels like you're amplifying your violin. It's great. Um, yeah, okay, so Omer is a New York-based violinist from Israel, and I met him in Samoa uh, two or three years ago. I was trying to work out when that was, uh, and he just listening to him play uh, in Samoa. Uh, you know, yeah, 
he made a real impression on me. I, I really enjoyed listening to him play. He's really great. He's got that sort of a bit of a sort of Didier Lockwood sound, but he's really pushing it forward and and playing um, in his own way. You know, I reckon he's you, you can just really tell it's him when he plays. Uh, and yeah, he's chats to me about uh, how he makes that happen. So please enjoy. How you doing, man? I'm great. Glad to, glad to see you. <laughs> yeah, you too. It's been a while. Yeah, I guess like I when was last some while we've we've been to? I mean, that was uh, 2015. Yeah, that could that could Maybe. be about right. I think that is about right. 2015, somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you've not been yeah. back. You've not been back since, right? No, unfortunately not. I'm like I'm. I, I every year I I I I, uh, I feel bad for not going again. Like this was this was heaven. Literally. Yeah, it's great. But, eh? uh, yeah, it's, but um, it's 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 much harder to get there from here now in New York. So. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Um, I reckon I'm just going to ask you to tell me how you first started playing the violin. Can you do that? Yes, of course. Nice. Um, so I started playing violin when I was six. Uh, I basically, I mean, I don't, I don't really remember the story, but my parents say that I just, uh, I, I've been watching this talent show on TV. Uh, and there was this young violinist performing there. And then I told them I want to study violin. They took me to the local community center, and I, uh, and that's how I started. And I have no idea why I kept doing it, but somehow I kept doing it uh-huh. without no one forcing me. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's when I started. Obviously, playing classical violin, not not jazz violin or anything else. Uh, so you started with classical music. Yeah, like all of us, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, maybe not in. Maybe not in Ireland and the U.S. Maybe people actually start fiddling, but yeah, uh, yeah. Especially, I mean, especially in Israel, we don't have any any other style of violin playing except for for Arabic uh, uh, Arabic music uh-huh. playing. Um, so, like, when you start playing violin, you start playing classical violin, and yeah, that's. <laughs> That's about all, all. I mean, all the teachers in Israel are are teaching classical, um, classical violin. You don't, you barely have any teachers, any violinists that teach other styles. Yeah. In Israel, it's very rare. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the same everywhere, especially in school. Did you learn? Did you start in school? No. Ah. No, we don't have. We did have music classes in, in, in middle in uh, elementary school but uh, no not like we only uh, we only learned recorder there okay <laughs> that's the okay. only thing the school could afford yeah we didn't actually have like orchestras it's not it's not it's still not a thing in israel but i think it's starting uh you know they start to have school bands and stuff okay so you studied privately then yeah just just 
a local community center in the village where I grew up. Really, I had, you know, I, I've been, they, they changed the teachers like every few months and, and uh, some of them were cool. Some of them not. <laughs> It wasn't it wasn't anything too serious. I okay. mean I think I think my my real like serious um violin teacher teacher I only met her when I was probably 16 or something. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um so you started playing you'd say you started playing seriously more when you were more seriously when you were 16. Definitely. I so I was you know, I was playing, I was practicing, I was, I was the best violinist in the in the the village and all the nearby villages. So you know, you huh. don't feel the urge to get better, really, because yeah. it's yeah, it's not it's not a lot of. I wouldn't th- say there was a lot of inspiration around there in terms of uh, a musical scene. There's no such thing. Okay. Um, so I was, you know, I was messing around with the violin for 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 a good couple of years until i was 13 and yeah. and then uh and then i started uh, my uh, try, following my angsty teen dreams becoming a rock star <sighs> and i didn't want to play violin anymore i wanted to play electric guitar yeah um so i i i basically so i did play violin and i did learn violin and guitar simultaneously for one year and that's how i actually got exposed to other types of music and ex- mm-hmm. got exposed to improvisation and 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 generally like music theory you know and what is a scale and those are things that my teachers didn't didn't teach me that it was just about like learn to, to to you need to know how to read those notes and how to play with good intonation and mm. uh, which is great it's important but they taught me nothing about music in general yeah um so i started that's how i got i that's how what i say like that's how i really got exposed to music through studying guitar and that's how i got exposed to blues and jazz and then after two years i decided to come back to return playing violin uh but without a teacher like i didn't want to have like i had enough i had enough strict russian teachers and you know i wanted to go (laughs) i wanted to do it to do it my own way so i i returned playing violin and i played I um, I started, you know, trying to play whatever I played on guitar, just do it on violin, whether mm. it was Jimi Hendrix that was my greatest imp- inspiration back then, and it still still is my greatest inspiration, I think, uh, <laughs> and blues and jazz, and just trying to do that on the violin. And then after a year, I figure out that my technique sucks, and I need someone to, I need someone to, to show me the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was looking for some alternative teachers, but obviously I found none. And so I've compromised over going to a serious, good, you know, good violin teacher. I said, like, if I'm going to study violin, I, I don't like I want to I want the best teacher. Yeah. Um, so I went to this good conservatory in the in a in a city nearby. And that's where I, where I found my uh, my teacher that kept being my classical violin teacher for for the next four years, I think, yeah. something like that. So that's, that's I think that's about when I started to get real serious about violin playing, both classical and and jazz uh-huh. and uh, other styles, yeah. Okay, that sounds a little bit similar to me in that I remember when I first 
the first time I tried to improvise on the violin was because my grandfather had showed me um, like a blue scale on the guitar mm -hmm. and I just couldn't, I, I sort of got it and could play it, but I, you know, I couldn't really pull it off, but I was already playing classical violin. So I thought, actually, maybe I'll just do it on the violin instead, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a guitar player? Well, he's, a, he's actually, he's more of a clarinetist, but he plays a bit oh. of guitar. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so you so that's you you started playing sort of improvising with the guitar around the age of do you say sixteen or, or thirteen? But thirteen, okay. Yes, and okay. around around the age of of fifteen, that's when I that's when I got back to playing violin, and that's when I started improvising with the violin. Uh -huh. And then after a year, when I was sixteen, I started um, going back to to music school basically yeah so that was when and that is when as you said it's when you started taking the violin more seriously and you said you said a little while a, a little while ago you said you'd had enough of strict russian teachers but you did have so you did have strict russian teachers oh for sure that's great uh, but it's good yeah it's <laughs> it's important i i i owe a lot of, to them you know uh, yeah a lot of my uh my uh my technique and uh but it was it it always bothered me that I never I never I I always felt like they didn't teach me enough about music. Yeah. Um I remember when I when I when I learned guitar it took me so long to grasp the idea of of uh moduses. Mm. Of modes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call it modes, right? Um It's like <laughs> the teacher would say, "Yeah, it's just it's it, you just start playing the the same scale, but from a different point, and then you call it the different. So I was like, so why do you call it a different name? It's still C major. Why? Why does it matter if you started from D or from E? And yeah. at some point, the coin dropped. But yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I wish, I wish I, I, you know, I wish some of my my violin teachers would teach me about how to recognize what what scale, yeah, what key is the piece you're playing yeah. and what scale am I playing in this part of the piece and uh, yeah. you know, so I, I I did learn a lot about bow technique and intonation and yeah, uh, sure. how in my posture um, but but I, I feel like like as a musician I, I owe more to my to my guitar teacher and my than my yeah. early violin teachers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I guess classical musicians they don't ever have to learn they never have to apply those modes. They never apply them, do they? So right. they know they know like cuz you you learn it from like two ends. You learn it from like you know, it's it's C major really, the Dorian D Dorian. And then the other end you learn is okay, it's 1 minor 3 or 1 two minus yeah. three, et cetera, et cetera. And they would, I guess they would only ever learn like, then they don't need to learn it. So they're just, they're just gonna have to bypass it. Yeah, and a lot of, a lot of the th music theories that, that you learn as an improviser, um, which is a, is a tool for you to improvise off, to, to create yeah. music off. You, you don't necessarily need those tools as a, as a classical player. Yeah. yeah so sure. it makes sense why they, why they won't teach it. But, yeah. um, but I think, you know, it's, I think it's, it's missing. It's, yeah. uh, I, I try to, I try to implement those things more when I teach basic violin, yeah. uh, you know, 
when when I have like younger students and I don't actually teach them da- jazz, I just teach them how to play the violin. Yeah, I always try to um, to incorporate some more, you know, more theory, more ear training, mm. things that that I think are report- important for every musician. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Do you do you find that the kids enjoy that? Um, definitely not theory, more like <laughs> ear training. Yeah. generally i feel like with with children you need to be more like you need to stimulate their senses more yeah uh, yeah. less of the intellectual yeah Um, absolutely so so most of them find ear training more amusing but uh but yeah some some students are also older students you know they're, they're they're more interested in why is this yeah why is this scale here and um yeah um yeah, you find you get like really, you end up answering questions, you know, finding out different ways of answering these questions, don't you, when you get asked by kids? Yeah. Because they'll be like, why? And you're like, uh, actually, <laughs> right. yeah, I've got to this think is about what, that. Th- yeah, this is why teaching is great because you have to, you have to, to refine, you f- refine your own knowledge and be able to articulate it. Yeah. So it's, it's different than, I mean, yeah. it definitely helps me a lot to teach, I think, what I do. You become more conscious, yeah, about about you're actually what you're actually doing. Yeah, sure. Um, so sixteen, you got really you got really into the violin, and you started going more. You started getting into classical stuff, right? Hardcore classical practice. Yes. Okay. That that too. Um, it was all always. I mean, I guess I put I put more time into classical violin back then. Uh, just because I had like more goals, uh, yeah. that it was, you know, you can, you can do like, you, you can get like credit in high school. Mm. Uh, you can do what's called like matriculation tests in the okay. end of, of high school. So you can, you can choose to major two, um, two subjects. So I majored Arabic, uh, and, and music. Yeah. So, so to get my music credits, I like, I had to to do some theory tests and ear training tests. And uh-huh. I could also do what's called like a senior recital of, uh-huh. of high school. And that would grant me more credit. So I did that, for example. So that was a goal. And I, you know, I was, I had to practice a lot for that. Um, and then before, before my military service that is um, mandatory in Israel. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I went to audition uh to receive a special status that is granted by the Ministry of Culture and Education in Israel, uh, which is they basically give give um, a few a few people each year uh, the status of outstanding um, musician, outstanding athlete, outstanding dancer. Um, so they 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 give those those titles each year to to several people. Uh, that they show that they have like potential for big careers in the future. Uh, so they actually are granted more privileges during the military service, which allow them to to keep keep progressing and 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 uh, keep maintaining their their career. Mm. Uh, so that was that was something huge for me, um, and I and I practiced like crazy for it. Yeah. I was, so you can, you can get it either as a jazz musician or as a classical musician. So oh, I wow. applied as, as a, 
as a classical musician because I, I thought I'll have more chances, even though I, I, I play jazz all, you know, during all the time. I had a jazz teacher, um, a great guitar player named uh, Amos Hoffman, mm-hmm. a guitar player and oud player. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, eventually I got, I got the status. So I was able to, to continue, um, studying music during the military and performing and going to workshops. And actually when I was in, when I went to Samoa, that was during my military service. And I told oh, them, I, yeah. <laughs> I told them, uh, I have this very important uh, concert series in France and I'm going to perform in the Samoa Festival. And yeah, they didn't right. know I was just going to hang out in Samoa on the tent, drink beers and jam. Uh, with, hey, uh, is it not a bad idea for you to be, to be saying that right now? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think the guys from the military actually listen to jazz violin podcasts. Why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, not that many people do. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's only like uh, statistics, you know. Yeah, <laughs> the stats say not many people do. No, only jazz violin nerds. Are, yeah. Well, okay, that's that's amazing. I didn't know that you were you were um, doing your military service while you were in somewhere. Yeah. What is yeah. the military service like? Um. So you just shoot whatever moves. You have to shoot it. No. Um it it was actually like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad and like for 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 many people uh for many musicians that got this like that were serving in a military band or uh, or also like other musicians that received this outstanding musician status for the service uh like most of them you know say that the military service was a nightmare but for me it was actually i i think you know it was a good experience overall um my first the first half of my service i was um so i was part of the education corps in in uh, the idf and um so first half of my service so that means the first year and a half of my service um I was I was performing with another outstanding musician. She's a cellist and she, she lives in uh, she's doing a PhD in, Mont- in Montreal right now. Yeah. Um, so we were performing uh, hospitals, elder houses, uh, schools. We would just go with uniform and perform, you know, for doing like social service work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half of my service, I was serving. Uh, in a in a small unit of the education corps, which is responsible for uh, doing like um, education and identity seminars for uh, for military officers that get promoted in rank. Yeah. So before they receive their new higher rank, they need to go through this seminar seminar and pass it. Um, so I was just a lo- you know just a office worker there just doing logistics right. and sometimes performing in front of the in front of the officers and uh, i would have a short performance and then get to just like present my you know present my my status because a lot of a lot of people uh in the military aren't aware that that the ministry of education even gives those yeah. uh, titles to um to artists so uh, you know i've met a lot of Great musician, musicians. Um, 
and uh, learned how to work under pressure, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I've learned some stuff. And yeah. I was able to keep to keep practicing and keep progressing. And when I was uh, so during my service, I started learning in the in the music academy in Jerusalem, and I studied. I stopped playing classical violin at that point. So basically, I got here's another thing I shouldn't mention here. <laughs> To the public that after receiving my my title as a classical musician i literally stopped being a classical musician yeah and uh and i went to uh and i like at that point i decided that i want to pursue a career in jazz and i want to play jazz um and uh that's when i i went to the to the jerusalem academy of music and dance and Sorry, I studied could, jazz when could you just stop for one second? I'm getting some weird call from maybe from I don't know who's calling me. Hey. Is it on Facebook? Ah ah. Hey, I'm gonna decline. Sorry, Gary. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Two seconds. Uh sorry, I'm on I'll just can I just send him a message? Yes. <laughs> That's uh, that's not Gary. His his Facebook name is Gary. His name's Hugo, <laughs> and uh, Hugo. Fake account. Hugo wants to talk to me about. There's like a he's setting up a a gypsy jazz festival on the Isle of Wight, and uh, yeah, he's trying to put it together. So I'm helping him out. Oh, nice. But, yeah, I'll be really. Have you been to the? You've, have you been to? Have you been to the UK? Yes, I I only been to London once. Okay, when was that? Uh. 2014 okay i think Hmm. it was just a trip with for my sister's bat mitzvah ah nice (laughs) cool i love london yes i really i really want to yeah i really want to go back there at some point yeah well you're always welcome there's always room for you to come and stay if you want um Sorry, could you, sorry that I, I stopped you there. Would you be able to carry on where I where I stopped you? Um, so yeah, I started uh, right when I started my military service. I started yeah. um, well. I kept I kept for the f- for the first two years. I think I was still studying in Tel Aviv, uh-huh. um, and I I I was taking jazz lessons still with uh, Amos Hoffman. Yeah. And then uh, at some point I I started studying in the Jerusalem Academy of Music and Dance and I yeah. studied studied under uh Ilan Salem who's a great um uh jazz flautist flutist how do you say that flautist flautist that's how that's how we would say it on yeah on this side of the pond flautist <laughs> flautist flautist yeah. ah, accent <laughs> <laughs> well my accent is a uh, yeah, my I've got a Northern English accent slash Scottish accent. So, really, yeah, that doesn't. That's not a heavy Scottish accent. It's not a heavy Scottish accent, but there's a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Um, I promise. <laughs> yeah, accent. Yeah, accent. There's something that I would like to to talk about uh, later on as well. Okay. Um. So, uh, so yeah, so I, uh, I, that's when I started, you know, being more serious about jazz and having all my, all my time and efforts, uh, surrounded around, 
around improvisation. Hello. Hey, I'm just being. I'm just doing a podcast. Sorry. Oh, she's what? She's run away. Uh, carry on. Um. So that's yeah. That's that's when I I stopped playing classical music and was just uh, focusing on improvisation. Um, and uh, I also started to get to get some gigs in in like other in like the indie scene and rock scene. It actually happened after my my violin got stolen after a gig ah. after a jazz gig. Uh, oh, and I man. remember I was always yeah I was always like super super focused about everything I do. So like now I do this and now I do this. You know. Ah. Uh, so at that point I was now I do jazz so I don't do anything yeah. else. But yeah. then my violin got stolen and I had to earn some money. Mm. um so i started saying yes to like all those weird um you know random people that come up to me and, hey want to play in a metal band and, hey want to play in my folk band and I was like sure yes um yeah. and it's actually i'm i'm really happy that it happened to me you know because slowly i started emerging myself as a as a folk like country violinist and right. rock violinist and it's important to i think like the more in, the more influences you have the more musical influences the the more inspiration the more ideas you get i've learned a lot about about other sides of of making music which which are not always present uh while playing jazz i think sometimes people take it too seriously well yeah it's totally true yeah and people uh, take themselves too seriously that's that's true as well especially <laughs> j jazz musicians yeah or yeah. or uh, yeah or classical musicians but yeah it's it's a very it's it's a very intricate um craft yeah. improvising being a, a good improviser and on something as as complex as jazz harmony or um so so pe people get very occupied um mm with the craft yeah that that the like other aspects of music i think kind of diminish mm. so this is why i feel like you know recording albums with a rock folk band like opened up other other uh viewpoints for me about how to approach music so it's not about like how perfect you play that phrase and like um how sick is your lick and yeah. um it was just like why do you play here? Is it necessary that you play here? Maybe yeah. you shouldn't play here. Uh, why do you choose this note and not this note? Yeah. Um, sound, you know, sound production, like like learning so much from guitar players and know about yeah how they approach sound. Uh, it's it, and it's one of the issues with with jazz violin is amplification of mm. a violin. It's like it's a huge issue yeah i feel you know it's like there's still like the, the 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 pickup the you know the system that i i found the most satisfying so far is the as the isi which you oh, yeah. use as well right? yeah i've got that yeah 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 eric's um, been um yeah eric 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 sent me one yeah eric's yeah. like a, a sponsor of the podcast mm -hmm. it's, ama it's amazing right great Yes, so I I use the um, the the bridge pickup and the 
the the system combined of a bridge pickup and the mic. Yeah. And that's and you know with the Grace uh, Felix ah, preamp. You went Grace. Yes, yes. Because it's it's you know it's a huge thing. You know, mm. sound is. Uh, I think sound is is the most important. Like it's it. Yeah. I think sound is should be top priority as a musician. Mm. Uh, and the the way the way you, I th- I think it. It's 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 the thing that is most um, conceived by by all audiences as sure. as your sound first, sure. and um, I feel like you can play whatever you want, but if you don't have a good tone yeah. uh, to your instrument, then it will just not transfer yeah. whatever you want to transfer. Yeah, it's a good point. Very um, good. Yeah, I agree. I li- I really I really like that system, and I li- I like. The thing I like the most is actually the bridge pickup. I feel like it's a really nice bridge pickup. Yes, it's very it's very warm and very uh, and very true to the yeah. to the original sound of the violin. And yeah, usually the issue with 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 those all those pickups or the 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 piezos is that they're too bright, they're too harsh on the like mid highs. Yeah, and it I always found it's like it's the same. It's always the the same issue. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So I think the bridge pickup, like the um, the Ithaca strings, mm. bridge pickup is is definitely the is definitely the the one that has the the closest sound to to my to my violin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh well. So there we go. We've done a little advert for <laughs> for Eric there. <laughs> but Sponsored yeah, I, content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, sound is important. Is important. Um, mm-hmm. How do you find? How do you, so? This, this is something that I find difficult. Is how do you find going between being amplified and not being amplified, like you know, seamlessly. Um, it's something. It's something that that you need to. You need to practice, and it's something that I actually don't do enough. I feel, but I, I think that uh, you need to practice amplified, or you need to practice with the sound that you're going on on stage with, and you need it's something that you need to put time. And I don't know if violinists uh, put as much time as other amplified um, instrument players put into their sound. Like I feel like. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like guitar players they put they put a lot of time into figuring out their sound yeah. and messing around with their amp and know what amp what amplifier is right for me and what pedal is right for me yeah. and what EQ is right for me and um, I don't think I don't think uh, like a lot of violinists I've heard uh, you know. Uh, being connect, being connected to an amplifier, I I feel like, like a lot of cases the the sound wasn't complementing their playing, yeah. and it's something that I I know I'm really bothered by, uh, yeah. and I and I've tried different pickups, and um, and tried different amps and different EQs, uh, and it's it's still a struggle. It's still mm. like, you know, every time I get to a new system. Um, or to a recording session is something that that I I need to 
I, I need to, I'm trying to recreate the same sound and uh, mm -hmm. uh, I use a lot of, uh, I, I like the lower end better than the high end. Uh, I try to, to tweak down all the like highs and, and mids. Yeah. Usually, usually when I connect, like let's say I connect to, to an amplifier with, with the, um, with the Ithaca uh, pickup, I would usually, almost in all cases, I would crank up the bass and tweak down the mids and highs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so obviously it's much easier if I if I use the 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 grace uh, yeah. the grace design uh, preamp and everything gets much easier. But but still, uh, I mean, also like I, I've came many times I've came to recording sessions and I feel like I. I I feel like the the sound engineers don't know how to don't know how to get the best of yeah. the of the violin sound. So also many times I I find it like very like too bright and and uh, I mean the violin is already a very trebly instrument. Yeah. So we don't yeah we, we don't, don't need any more yeah. <laughs> please <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah but sound engineers i always find like you if you're recording with a drummer you'll see them they'll just spend like about half the day making sure that like the snare drum sounds like tight and amazing and then they'll just be like yeah sort of well we've got this mic left let's just sort of hang that above your head and don't you right. go, yeah it sounds like a violin to me <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly that's that's true yeah and so people you know neither violinists or i guess sound engineers are are occupied enough with how do i make this instrument sound amazing through the system uh and it's it's part of the it's part of the of the gap we need to bridge of of this instrument being being a classical instrument yeah, for sure. so many years and you know it's um it it only started being an like a thing like an instrument you can use in on every style around the 60s i guess that's yeah. when they you know you 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 start seeing more uh, you have more like fusion rock yeah. violinists yeah. jazz violinists yeah. um so uh, maybe maybe we just didn't have enough time you know developing the 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 methods for bringing a, a good sound from this instrument so i you know i'd like i like to 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 excuse use it as an excuse also for why why there's still no like decent violin pickup you know or yeah i mean you got yeah the isi is as, is as close as as i feel like we we got so far but there's so many violin pickups and so yeah. many of them doesn't sound right yeah. in my opinion yeah uh which is funny because like yeah. yeah like it's not a it's not an issue as much with with other with other instruments i feel why That's, why yeah. uh, it's it's a hard instrument to amplify though as well the yeah, bow is the bow is, yeah. is an issue it's a lot of frequencies that it creates um and and i think yeah, you know when you when you have a when you have a, a a pickup or a mic that is that is amplifying uh the instrument from so close it like it just takes all the frequencies up and sure. those bow frequencies are 
are are not they they don't um they don't transcend as much when i mean when when a violin is playing acoustically yeah you would hear you would hear more of like if you're standing afar you won't hear the the bow sure. sound as much but when you have a pickup that close you you get the bow sound as well yeah. uh and that's a lot of frequencies i think that that you don't really want to hear yeah. after the violin's being amplified but it's yeah. like it's, people will figure this out eventually yeah i feel like the like the guitar was amplified you know when the guitar was amplified people were just like hey we sort of created a new instrument like we've created the electric guitar and and that's a different a completely different like beast than right than an acoustic guitar and and it never and it basically stu- it never tried to be an acoustic guitar it was just like hey this is just this is the electric guitar and this is what you do with it and this is how we've amplified it and this is you know they're always tweaking it obviously and there's different types of electric guitar but it's like a different instrument to an acoustic guitar whereas like i feel just because the the violin's just got such a, a history and such an ama- it's such an amazing acoustic acoustic instrument we sort of feel like hey we don't want to give that up <laughs> we don't want it to be just a new instrument we don't you know i don't i don't well i know for me i'm just i don't want i don't want to play the electric violin i want to amplify yeah. my violin playing you know? i i just like i think if if i would find a, a an electric violin that sounds decent to me with a good sound and i i wouldn't mind using it i just also i feel like when i when i hear when usually when i hear electric violins i just feel like it's it's just an acoustic violin with a bad pickup that's how it yeah. sounds <laughs> Yeah. I think uh, if they were gonna if they were gonna make a good electric violin, they would have made it by now. I don't know if it's gonna <laughs> like they've 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 had a bit of time. There's still hope, Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So you you when did you move to New York? And why? Uh, that was three years ago. I moved to um to finish my bachelor's degree in the in the new school for jazz and contemporary ah. music. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so I started, I, I went to this special program in Tel Aviv. Uh, it's called the Center for Jazz Studies. Yeah. Uh, very original. And mm-hmm. it's um, it's working in collaboration with the new school. So I basically started my first two years of the degree in Tel Aviv. Um, and then I finished the, the remaining two years in the new school. In New Great. York. Uh, yeah and this these days so currently i'm still my student visa and um and um i'm working to on my artist visa because ah. i want to stay here and yeah. play jazz in new york yeah so yeah you you got to new york um how was it when you first when you first got there um i think when i first moved here moved here i I was kind of ambivalent towards the city mm-hmm. and and now it's like I just hate the city. <laughs> uh, I just don't I like I don't like big cities. I don't like living in a big city. But New York, yeah. you know, you you can't you can't compete with it with the amounts of music and the amounts of musicians that yeah. that you find here and and that's my greatest passion. So so I you know, I want to stick around. I want to be around this. Cool. But uh and and you definitely you can get so much you can find so much good music so much good musicians and and influence here and uh and it's so high paced that you know it it 
it doesn't feel necessarily good. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel calming and and you know and you're having a good time. It's rough, but it's it's kind of it's kind of also what's what's pushing you forward. I you know I always yeah. feel like I make the 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 analogy to the military service. I I say like uh, it's like it's like being on a on a continuous basic training of the military living in New York. It's just you're you're always like you always have to be 100. You always yeah. like you know, I was have to be on top. And I did, you know, I did make a huge progress here I think as a musician and 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 was exposed to opportunities that I would definitely not be exposed to in Israel. Okay. Uh, and and met some musicians, you know. I I got to play with amazing jazz musicians and gypsy jazz musicians and and rock and and a lot of African music. I'm really into African music, and I was yeah. listening to African music for so long. And and the first time I got to actually play with African musicians or listening or listen to African music live that that was here in New York. Uh, yeah. We do have. We very few Ethiopian uh, musicians in Israel because mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of Ethiopian Jews in Israel. Okay, uh, but you don't have West Africans in Israel, for example. Yeah, uh, which is a lot of the music that I was listening to yeah. growing it's different, up. Different, different ball game, isn't it, to Ethiopian music? Yeah, it's 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 the music is very different. Not as much these days, but it, it definitely it used to be much more different before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's just like I, I'm experiencing musical experiences that I could I, I I wouldn't be able to to experience otherwise. So I'm willing to stay here, you know, and and and, uh, and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but a, so you, do you feel like you've settled in New York, uh, so to speak? I mean, I. I have yeah I have I have work uh I I got gigs I teach um I get uh, I get to record with some awesome musicians that come here like like Dennis uh ah, that that yeah. we just that we just recorded an album and like he would probably not go to Israel to record an album yeah uh so it's yeah it's it's great and I have uh I have a a really nice room yeah. and a painting by uh, by uh, by Gustav Klimt here. Yeah, looks and, familiar. Uh, yeah, uh, it's called the Nymphs. I so think it's part an of an original. Me. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, just, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I bought it with my cafe uh, ca- cafe gigs money. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have like I, I'm I'm in the same apartment. I'm living with uh, with uh, um, with some other Israeli musicians, uh-huh. um, and uh, yeah, I feel you know I've I've settled here. I'm 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 life is happening, things are going well, uh, but it's not like I I wouldn't say for a second that I love New York. It's the greatest <laughs> city in the world, and, and, and like. I have, you know, there's a lot of, I don't like living in the city. It's, it's dealing with, you know, with a lot of people that, 
I, I find hard to communicate with yeah. as well. Uh, um, so yeah, okay. it's, it's very challenging, but challenge is healthy. Yeah, of course. Yes. Hey, I didn't, I didn't ask you who your, like your jazz violin influences are. Like who yes. are your favorite players? That's, that's elementary. Yeah. Uh, we, we sort of skipped it. We just went right past it. <laughs> so I'd like to go back. Yes. <coughs> um, so the first jazz violin I've heard was Stefan Grappelli. That's the first solo I've transcribed was um, uh, Stefan's solo over... Um, I can't remember the name of the tune right now, but but I, I do it. remember. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I wonder where my baby is tonight. Yes. Yeah. I, so I think. Yes, I think. I think that was the. Is that, yeah, that is. I wonder where my. Yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's the that's the the first solo I've ah. transcribed. Wait. Oh. I'm not sure about that. Anyway. Uh, uh, Grappelli was the first the first vi violinist I, I was exposed to and this is I think when I really was oh wow I want to I want to play like that I want to yeah. play jazz and um and then uh I don't remember when what age was it exactly but Didier Lockwood I yeah. got exposed to Didier Lockwood and 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 I couldn't I couldn't stop listening to yeah. his uh, tribute to Grappelli record yeah. with yeah, Birelli. Yeah. And it's, yeah, we're similar. I was exactly the same. Yeah. I love that album. To me, it's like, to me, it's the, it's the, it's the peak of violin playing. Yeah. And uh, he was, I feel like Didier was playing so on point on yeah. that record. And so, um, so um, musical yeah. and many times uh, when i listened to to didier i didn't like his playing yeah yeah but uh but yeah it was like sometimes sometimes i loved i love i loved him sometimes i i really yeah, didn't yeah. get it and that record i just feel like it's yeah, yeah. it's the to me it's definitely the most influential influential um album for me as a as a violinist yeah um so did you transcribe did you transcribe stuff from that? Yes. What, what did you what did you transcribe? Um Bar Barbizon? Yeah, That's yeah. how you say Barbizon Blues. Barbizon yeah, yeah. Blues. Uh yeah. and I think yeah. part of all the things you are as well. Yeah. That's uh I did that as well. Uh I was I looked at it again recently and I just couldn't I couldn't play it. But I, I did I remember I did the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe not I didn't do like the 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 sort of head but yeah it's amazing yeah. he's so yeah. he's it's really cool and it's very it's like it's very unique it just shows his personality off doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and he's not he's not like he's not pushing it too much yeah. and he's not but he's there's also a lot of fire yeah and he's playing and it's it's just great and and uh, Didier I think is also to me is is the best example of of sound and, yeah. and to me it's the most 
uh, is definitely the most influential in terms of the tone that I look for when I play. And I mean, to me, that's the tone that I, I, I feel that it works in the setting of, of jazz the most. I know what and, you mean. um, it's part of, and part of it is what I, I, I said earlier that I want to keep the, uh, talking about accent for later. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I feel like, um, when you're playing, when you're playing a new style of music, yeah, the accent is sometimes more uh, is transcending more than your vocabulary, mm-hmm. and um, I, I find that like in in the U.S., for example, many people, uh, many Americans tell me that I have great English, and honestly, huh. I don't I don't think I have that that good of English, but I think my um, my accent is is okay like i kind of kind of try and get like messing around with american accent and i think because i have an accent that they understand better then they perceive my my language to be better like my grammar or my vocabulary and Uh, i I think uh, you might i think you do have good english man like (laughs) you yeah i'll I'll say yeah you, you do you've got good english and you've yeah you, I guess you do have a an American American twinge, but I think you also have good English. Okay, thank you. Um, so yes, but I feel like if I would talk with this uh, very heavy Israeli accent, you know, people <laughs> yeah. uh, wouldn't think I have uh, yeah. that yeah. much of uh, of uh, yeah, good English. True. You know, my man, what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so so to me, that's that's a that's a a great example of. Uh, when you're playing a different style, you need to understand the accent of the of the style you're playing, mm. and uh, and in in that manner, I feel that like Didier really understood the accent of the style that he's playing. He, he yeah. understood the because uh, it's not about it's not about playing like it's it it's not only about playing uh, like nice jazzy licks and. Um, and, and, uh, you know, slick, uh, mm. harmonic progressions yeah. and being swinging and being groovy. And those things are important, but they wouldn't transcend as much if you don't play this musical context in, um, in alignment with the correct accent mm-hmm. to play, to play the music. Um, so like. When, when when you talk about accent, you need you need to really like accent is about nuances yeah. and nuances. Those musical no- nuances are the the thing that I think really differentiate between between a, a a good like a really good musician and an outstanding musician. Uh-huh. And I think it's you know because many times you you could listen to someone playing and everything will be in place you know everything like he's he's playing all the jazz vocabulary and he's playing in time and everything is fine but it doesn't excite you as much and then someone else comes and you know he could play the same thing but this guy would just like yeah blow your mind and i think it's it's because that guy who's the outstanding musician he has much more awareness of nuances of uh of playing Mm -hmm. so like how do I use dynamics in my playing? What what note 
like how long do i want this note to be how how fast do i want my vibrato to be yeah uh how uh, how long do i want it to be do i want to play do i want to play this in legato or do i want to separate the bows or maybe do i want to play these two notes in legato and then these three notes um and staccato yeah and uh and and those small things are are i think are really important in order to 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 bring something that that is more profound and and yeah. more 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 true to the to the music that that you're playing with yeah and you know the band that you're playing with it's about it's about knowing what is the right accent because because mm. you know you can have a you can have a classic tra- traditional bebop band playing charlie parking music and then you have um and then you have brad meldow with uh um with, i don't know with the uh, uh whatever drummer come on throw me a name of a drummer he played with uh, don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, With, that, that, yeah. that, just say Brad Meldo. We've got it. <laughs> so it's it's a different, you know, it's a different setting of uh of it's a d- different musical setting. Even though both of them play jazz, yeah, yeah and but also it, it you need to understand the the difference differences in in accent in a way that's how i yeah. like to to call it uh yeah that's really interesting i know uh, yeah yeah i mean the, the thing is that you don't want to be you don't you're not thinking about that when you're playing right you're not thinking when you're in the moment you're not thinking hey i'm gonna i'm gonna speak in this accent or i'm gonna i'm gonna like i'm gonna throw in a little bit of this you want that to come out naturally don't you of so how do you make that happen it's it's about what you practice and and uh and how you practice. Um, so to me, a lot of a lot of uh, practice is happening. is is not actually on 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 violin. It's uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, uh, mind mm-hmm. <laughs> practicing yeah. and and a lot of uh, ear training. Yeah. Um, and a lot of listening and developing listening skills. And uh, you got you got to be a a very sharp listener if you want to be a a good improviser. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In order to to understand that that musical setting that you're in, and know how to play appropriately. Yeah. In that musical scene. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Definitely. Like I don't. I don't think. I I think about those things right when I play, but it's. When I practice, I, I work a lot on 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 connecting the the like on I, I work a lot on trying to lead my playing through my more through my head and through my ears and not through my fingers yeah. and not through my chops and yeah. and uh, and violin technique. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of practice with singing, uh, being able to sing things that you play uh being able to um to sort of um train yourself to like to 
to plan your next like your next musical theme so like as you play something you try and and already plan where you're going for with it mm-hmm. um and that involves a lot of slow playing yeah uh, and uh so yeah, I mean you can't you you can't reach that same level I think of of uh of mu- musicality or like attention to details when you're actually on stage playing in the you know in the tempo that whatever you're playing but wherein you when when you're in the practice room you need to give those those things a lot of time and a lot of this practice is is uh is just practice practicing with like with yourself, not even not even with the instrument, is is developing your ears, is developing your your focus and attention. Um, it's, um, I mean, improvising on jazz is not easy. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely not. <laughs> Yeah. It's, um you think you forget that when you because you've done it if you've done it for so long you spent maybe you know you I don't know you, when you start off you're struggling and you're like man this is not easy and then and then you get to a point when you're not struggling so much and you're and you're playing and you're like hey I'm playing and you forget that it's that it's hard but it yes. is hard and yeah. and 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 if you and if you forget for too long and you drop the ball then it becomes hard again, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I think it's easy to forget how difficult it can be, you know, and one of the, a really good, a really good way of, of, uh, of realizing that is actually teaching. Something All right, I, word. Wait, I, I, I've lost you for the last sentence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw that. I said we, we had to reconnect some poor connection problem. I probably didn't say anything too exciting. I was just saying... <laughs> I agree with you. It's hard, and we forget that it's we we we. I, I don't know. I definitely forget, and then I go, "Oh wait, no, this is really hard, and I've got to look deeper." You know, right? Yeah. Um. So so, yeah, definitely, it's 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 a thing that you know when when you, you when you want to be a good improviser, you need to be a good composer. You need to think. You need to think like a composer or like a producer. Yeah, and and also this is one of the things, you know, one of the examples that, uh, why I say that I feel like spending times with playing other styles of music and listening to other styles of music gave me a lot because because you you learn more about their approach to music and their n- nuances uh, about their accent yeah. and um, mm. and and you can and you can incorporate those things in your playing in order to 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 become a better a better composer yeah um and how do you train to be a composer that's just what you practice in in the practice room so it's just what yeah. what you're shedding so when you're on stage and you're playing in the moment you're an improviser but but when when you're shedding you should you should like think like a composer think yeah. about think about um uh a story like where am i leading the where do i want to lead this solo yeah. what is the what is the, the the story in this solo what is um um what ideas do i want to implement is this uh, is this the right time to implement this idea yeah um, 
um, sound? How like what is the right sound for this part? Do I yeah. want to use like a heavy bow on this phrase or a light bow on this phrase? And you know, like like composers, they go and they write to you like. Here it's forte. Here you have a crescendo. Here yeah. a diminuendo. This is like, you know, the, there is this attention to details. And yeah. when you're improvising, it's hard to to it's hard to to keep paying attention to all those small details. But the more you practice it, the more you'll be able to implement it on stage, and the more it it will transcend and and make your music sound or or your improvisation sound more more exciting and more moving yeah um i think those are like those nu- nuances small details are the the thing that actually make people excited yeah but so but would you say that things like nuances are things to practice from day one or do you think that that it's something that you do when when you've no. got your basics it's definitely something that, you know, I, I started practicing in recent years. It's not when, when I started, when I started practicing, it was about, yeah, no, knowing your arpeggios, knowing your scales. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the, that's the, you know, the, the first years. Yeah. But then at some point, like, you know, the, the, the earlier you're going to deal with those other aspects of music, the, the easier, you know, the faster you'll get there. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's important to always make sure you're on top of your, of your scale, that you have it all in, in your fingers. You have the, you have the, the, you know, the shapes and yeah. in, in your, cause we can't think, we don't think notes really, no. you know, we think, we think shapes. Uh, that's the quickest way to, to reach that information that we need yeah. in the moment to improvise so make sure you have those under your fingers uh but then if you if you want to sound great i don't think you need to you need to to know a lot of awesome slick jazz licks it's about i don't know it's about like it's about other things it's about the just like playing like three notes but playing them right and like you know really put them in the pocket and know like exactly when you're starting them and know when you're ending those notes and and know uh, like how loud do you play each note yeah and um and that's what like when i listen to uh to to ddf for example or to to grappelli i felt that i felt it's like it's you know it's right yeah uh, it, it it's like very and i don't know if if there were necessary necessarily you know if it just if if it was just natural for them it was was it their natural um um way of expression or or did they practice those things were they just talented or not but hmm. i know that is something that i had to practice yeah uh I really like I have I have this video on like it's it's private on my YouTube channel of me like when I played an uh I recorded uh, an audition for for this jazz course when I was young and I'm playing sweet Georgia Brown and yeah and like oh my god that sounds like shit and like that's <laughs> like it has all the things that I don't like about uh, about jazz violin playing I do <laughs> all of them 
And um, it's very encouraging to hear that because you, you yeah. can hear the progress that you made. And and a lot of it is not about, it's not necessarily about whether I'm, I was playing the right changes or not. It's like, wow, why, why? Dude, why do I play so loud? And or yeah. why why is my bow moving like this? And <laughs> and like why do I play such a huge vibrato? And yeah. and now I'm much more conscious about those things. And 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 you know and I'm happy about it. And it's more exciting for me to play. Like you know, just play one note. And and you're so uh, you care so much about that that one note. Mm. And and you feel like like you express yourself so much with that one note, um, yeah. So that that feels it just it it it's more fulfilling as a as an improviser. Yeah, you, know, you have a good time. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So tone, sound, that's the thing to you. Um, yes, definitely a lot of yeah. Um, and of course, I've practiced a lot of, you know, a lot of harmony and and trying different yeah. um, uh, different harmonic progressions. Uh, and obviously, I was also practicing licks and stuff like that. But in the recent years, I barely, uh, I also barely transcribe. Actually, yeah. the, um, I I I like to come up with with my own exercises, like I. You know, I, I feel I, I'm trying to figure out what is missing in my mm-hmm. playing. Um, so I really like to come up with with my own exercises and trying to to solve specific problems. So usually when I practice is I approach it in a in a problem solving attitude. Yeah. It's not like I, I don't have I don't have a normal uh, a normal routine. Like the only routine is like. On Tuesdays, for example, I, I I've set myself this um, um, this uh, like obligation that I have Tuesday is a practice day, and I know that I don't schedule things on Tuesday because this is my practice day because I barely get to practice these yeah. days. Like yeah. it's it's really hard, even more after moving to New York, and you know it's harder to <coughs> to to live here, and yeah, you you need to. You need to earn your rent yeah. and um, and uh, and also tons of other logistic stuff you need to deal with and mm-hmm. my visa and uh, yeah. uh, and gigs and um, so I've I've set like a Tuesday for for practicing and on Tuesday I have a very I have like a very arranged schedule of like I started at uh, ten a.m. It's um, it's right hand exercises then uh from 11 to 12 it's uh it's left hand exercises and then i have um ear training and then i have uh free improvisation time and um so i have a general idea of of what would be the focus of of each hour but it's not like i'm saying scales for example or i'm saying major scales at that time because because i feel like every time every time there's a different problem that you need to solve and and every time you play you you know you 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 need to be very aware and conscious about what is missing in in your playing if you feel like hopefully hopefully people are you know self-conscious enough uh to understand that they're not playing perfectly yeah and that there are issues that need to be addressed and and 
I mean, if you want to have an efficient practicing time, you need to think what are those issues that I need to address and how do I address them? Yeah. And not just not just go like on a blindly on a routine and like now I'm playing scales, now I'm playing arpeggios, now I'm practicing uh, playing uh, half diminished chords, and yeah. uh, now I'm practicing giant steps. Yeah. Or, uh, you have to be. You know, listening back to recordings is very helpful. Yeah. I try to do that often and try not to be too judgmental about yourself and try to love yourself and uh, <laughs> and and forgive yourself. It's something that I work on, you know. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it's a minefield, isn't it? Because you're sort of going, right, well, I'm going to look at what I don't like about myself and then I've got to come out of that and not be unhappy. And yeah. it's like... You know, it's so difficult. I'm talking about playing. Uh, yeah. You know, but you know, no, it's, it's difficult not, it's to do that. <laughs> well, it's anyway. not. It's not even. It's not even about playing. It's generally human beings. You know, yeah. it's hard for us. It's hard for us to 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 look in the mirror and, and be and be honest about what yeah. is what is what is right and what is wrong with yeah. with how we live and how we behave. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy. And, and yeah, very difficult. It, it goes the same way for 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 playing i i'm sure like a lot of people you know they they know they know what they don't like about their playing but yeah maybe it's hard to it's hard to acknowledge that yeah um so yeah you need to like you should you know people should should pay time to 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 those nuances like if you feel that that uh, i don't know if you feel that that sometimes your bow is not keeping up with uh, like your right hand technique is not keeping up with the ideas you try to bring with your left hand then focus on that you know stop stop practicing stop from scrabbing solos for a second yeah and and go and just play long bows yeah <laughs> just yeah. or or very slowly mm. or you know different whatever there are millions of of exercises you could find you could come up with exercises you could look at videos online i keep i keep searching for you know on on youtube or hmm. uh i don't have a, a violin teacher these days i only have i well i don't have any teacher these days but for the for the past five years i think i only had i never yeah had a i did i did study with uh zach brock oh, for cool. one semester yeah Wicked. um so he was basically actually he was my first uh like um long-term jazz violin teacher cool i i didn't i didn't get to to learn jazz violin in israel yeah um i just learned jazz from yeah, yeah. jazz musicians but not from violinists um but yeah now for, for for the past few years i didn't have any classical teacher or any violin teacher so so i you know i, I just look up online there's yeah. so much information so many videos of people with great exercises and yeah. um and uh yeah you can come up with your own stuff hey you know what i found what is i've just started following them and doing uh what what they say what what she says have you ever heard of nicola benedetti she's a scottish violinist and she was like I, bbc young musician winner sort of superstar classical player uh-huh i think i've heard about yeah her. she's super amazing amazing classical soloist you know plays it all amazing 
Uh, and she also she just played. She was a she was she was a lady who played uh, Winter Marsalis's jazz violin concerto. So he wrote a jazz violin concerto. It's for her. Oh wow! She played it. So I mean, she's not a jazz violinist. F- f- to you know, from what I know, she might be, but I haven't seen her play in, like improvise or anything. But she did his uh, his his jazz violin concerto. Anyway, she's just put up a load of. She's putting up regular technique. Uh, technique videos like lessons for free onto YouTube and they're so good really yeah I mean oh, I, about for, for me maybe you know everything speaks everyone needs different things you know but yeah the, for for what I feel like I need to change in my playing really she was great well I, you know I only just started but I'm I'm feeling I feel really positive about these videos and it's really difficult to find Great technique videos for violin, yeah. I think. I, 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 you know, for me. Yeah. But anyway, these are great. These, they, they seem to be really good. Really good for breaking down, having, you know, keeping your your left hand uh, supple and springy, and which is something mm-hmm. that I've always, you know, I've always struggled with. I don't have that. You know, it's it's not it's not it's not. It, yeah, I didn't have a te- my teacher didn't really go through that so much. Yeah. Um, and also, I just never, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. But really, check it out. It's cool. She, I will. And she's yeah. really, she's, she, she, does, she goes really slowly through things. And she's very, you know, just got a really nice manner as well. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, can, find, you can find whatever, whatever information uh, necessary in order to progress is just, yeah. It's like the people... You know, as as musicians, we need to have the responsibility to yeah. to to be our own teachers in that way of, of telling ourselves what what else can we what 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 can I do different than what I'm doing? Like always yeah. always figure out how how can I do something new? How can I yeah. stimulate my brain again? Like uh, and, and those are usually the times where I make the most progress. I think is yeah. is when I change when I start a new exercise. Yeah. It's like, and it doesn't even have to be for like, I could just, I could be practicing my, a, a new exercise for my, for my, um, a new ear training exercise. And mm-hmm. suddenly, suddenly like my left hand feels lighter. Yeah. You know, everything is connected. Um, yeah. so it's just, I feel like the, the, the times where, where I made the, the biggest progress is when I try something new or when I and just mm. be creative about it open up like open up youtube or go online search for yeah. new exercises try to come up with something try to i had a i had for for a while i had a few months where i i was practicing playing my violin left left-handed ah wow <laughs> and i didn't you know it's i it, it wasn't like no one told me to do that but it's just like yeah. okay, that's something new. I mean, it's it's you're you're stimulating the the other hemisphere of your yeah. brain. It couldn't be bad for <laughs> improvisation. That's really you know? interesting. Especially like imp- improvisation is is eighty percent mind power is is, yeah. bra- is is working your brain. Is not is not in the fingers. Like we as 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 violinists and most vi- you know most violin players, they start playing in a very young age, and they all have classical education. We got our you know, we got our chops in place. We can play fast. We can control our bow. Um, so improvisation is is a lot about training your 
your brain to keep up with all this information and yeah. not like if if you can think fast enough your fingers can play fast enough that's yeah that's how i find it usually mm. hey uh i'm gonna have to go quite soon um, all right but be cool to if you could just let me know what you're up to at the moment if you've got anything uh new and exciting that you want to talk about um so yeah we just recorded we recorded this album with uh with uh dennis paul that's his uh, that's yeah. his uh stage name that's his dionysus name. dionysus polygamis yeah. uh yeah. berardo i don't know yeah. um so amazing. he's amazing yes he's a great guitar player and a and a great guy i actually yeah. met him i met him in a in a lunch and jam over at uh at irene Ippenburg's house oh, yeah. in amsterdam when i was i had a label layover in amsterdam on my way to israel and that's how i got to to meet uh to meet uh dennis for the first time yeah and i love this guy and recording the album was was really fun uh josh k is playing there and um and joe buzzy mm-hmm. or buzzy buzzy on on bass um so that just got released and i'm i'm really happy with this album it's one of my one of the very few recordings i have of myself that i'm satisfied with my playing yeah and i'm proud of it so so go listen to it yeah you uh, should um, yeah I, I listened to it a couple of nights ago i came home from some i'm from a gig and then i, I saw that uh, dennis had put it up and i thought oh, i'll just listen to this and i listened to the whole thing and went to sleep it was amazing it's really <laughs> great, great. Yeah, it's really cool. Really cool playing. Really amazing playing for both of you guys. Or from all you guys. Really cool. Uh yeah, so that's uh and I'm I'm working on, on my own project these days, uh which is um is my original music influenced uh by contemporary Zimbabwean music. Oh wicked. Um so it's a lot of like it's a heavy, heavy guitar uh driven music. Uh it's called it's influenced by specifically by a style called Sungura. Okay. Uh, um, so you should also check out this. It's amazing music from Zimbabwe. Okay. And uh, so I'm writing music that incorporates those, those like this style of like guitar counter, counterpoint that is very prominent in mm. modern African uh, pop music. Yeah. Um, so that's my, that's my, my own project and hopefully uh there will be some recording soon um and uh i think yeah that's that's mostly it and 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 an, another album i'm playing on is 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 going to be released pretty soon i hope as uh, an album by irene Ippenburgs. oh cool it's also her debut album mm. yeah so uh nice so i play there on one tune I'm also excited for that because a lot of awesome musicians play there. Uh, Robin Nolan and Stefan Rembel. Uh, and uh, uh, Paul Schaefer. Nice. A few other cats, yeah. Wicked, man. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, sorry, I have to go. Um, yeah, but that was really cool. It was really nice yeah. to chat to you, man. Really but Thanks cool. for inviting me. Yeah, it's- absolutely. Um Hey, are you gonna? Are you, do you have any plans to be in Samoa? Not right now. No. Okay. I wish. 
Yeah, okay. when I like definitely, I mean, those are things that I'll be. It, it'll be easier for for me to consider after, like after I know I received my visa and yeah. and my artist visa, and uh, okay, so still things to to figure out over here, yeah. and then yeah. I'll be more free to yeah to plan. But okay. I I really want to go back. I'm like I miss it so much, and I miss all the people. And, Thank you for listening to the Jazz Violin Podcast. You've been listening to me, Matt Holborn, and Omar Ashana. So I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, if you did, please uh, like and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, support us on Patreon. Really, that would be great. But yeah, I, I won't talk much more about that because I, I went on, I went on, off on one at the beginning, didn't I? It was like six minutes of t- chatting about that. Um, we're, oh yeah, one last thing. Here we go. Corrections corner. Uh, in the last episode, I said that I had what I believe to be Diz Disley's old guitar, and uh, I got a message from Jimmy Grant saying that's not true. And uh, yeah, so basically, I just it was just something that someone had said to me. Robin, my friend, it used to be his guitar. And he said, "Hey, I think this is a." Uh, this one looks like this this is guitar in this picture right and it, it just it does look quite similar so i did no research and just accepted that perhaps that was the guitar uh, and then i said it on the podcast and it turned out to be absolute rubbish because it's not and this guy jimmy grant um, has seen and played this this is guitar and it's, it belongs to dave grissom so yeah sorry i lied um, uh, yeah, if, if you ever have any more of these, just let me know because uh, yeah, I'm not afraid to be wrong. I was wrong. Okay, thanks very much for listening. Uh, bye.